significant development, and I mean significant development, for the recruiting of OU's 2024 quarterback target. Parker, what do you say all the time? Follow the visits, follow the visits, just see where it's leading. Sometimes I guess you got to follow the job offers where uh, certain offensive coordinators take jobs, huh? To maybe tell what's going to happen. What exactly are you hinting at, Tyler? I'm just hinting here that, you know, Arkansas loses their OC today to TCU, and Michael Hawkins is making his announcement in 13 days, and you have me believing that a big reason why Arkansas had such a chance or has such a chance at Michael Hawkins is because of Kendall Bryles, and if he's going to TCU now, I would think that that opens things up even more for OU. So what you're positing is that Michael Hawkins is an OU lock. Uh, is that what we're leaving the show with today? You, would you like me to drop my crystal ball in the first five minutes of go, the show? Go right ahead. If I you're will confident do confident so. doing so. I, uh, my crystal ball is now officially at a nine for uh, Michael Hawkins to OU. <laughs> there we go. I think it took me like 14 minutes after he got the offer to input my prediction. I Look, OU has always been the dream for Michael Hawkins. He was on campus last week. The staff has prioritized him. He's easily the number one quarterback target in this class for OU. And it looks for all the world, as we sit 13 days away from a decision, like he's going to be the first commit of the 2024 cycle for Oklahoma. And this is monumental, Tyler, and here's why. In years past, you would not have gotten a quarterback in the 2024 class on the heels of a commitment from no, a guy like Jackson. No, you're Arnold. right, man. This is one of the key distinctions between the old staff's way of doing things and the new staff's way of doing things. What Muleshoe did was he would get one elite guy every other cycle. And then every so often, if you had a gap here or there, you felt a little bit short as far as scholarship guys in the QB room, you could go and snag a guy like Chandler Morris. right? Well, what Jeff Levy and Oklahoma are on the verge of doing is scoring a top 10 quarterback, a top 10 quarterback nationally, in three consecutive classes. Nick Evers in 2022, even though that didn't really pan out. Jackson Arnold in 2023. And Michael Hawkins in 2024. And I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that that streak doesn't end in 2025 either. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree with you there. I, I, I like Well, obviously, the way that Lincoln, Lincoln handled the quarterback, it worked out just fine, right? I mean, we can't really complain about that. But with the transfer portal and what it is today... I like taking an elite quarterback every single year. Um, we found out the hard way last year what bad quarterback depth can look like, and it's really hard to acquire that quarterback depth, but you're in a much better situation, kind of like you're saying, if you take an elite quarterback every single year. So I think OU fans would probably prefer this, and I, I've said this already a few times, man, but like, forget everything I just said. Like, we've seen this before in recruiting – OU has some of its best class, some of its highest-ranked class, when they have a quarterback in the class that can help recruit other positions. So just from that, like I like taking an elite quarterback every class because I think it helps you solidify some other pieces that you're going to need. I, I, yeah, and I think Michael Hawkins in 13 days probably picks OU. Is that a fair assumption by me, by the way, to say – Oh, it's being reported that Kendall Bryles is going to take the TCU offensive coordinator job. This obviously changes things pretty significantly in favor of OU. Yes, you're 100% on point, and it's something that we talked about the last few days as the smoke continued to build uh, as it pertained to TCU's OC vacancy and Kendall Bryles, which is interesting, by the way, isn't it? You have a Bryles 
now poised to join staff at TCU. They hated each other. Hated each How other about when they that were there. Fit? And I know they still don't like each other, but it was uh, it was at a different level when uh, Bryles was at Baylor and TCU had it going with Gary Patterson. Now it is it is interesting, and I I I kind of threw this out there earlier this week, Parker, but I wonder if. You know, hey, whoever TCU hires next offensive coordinator, looks like it's Kendall Bryles, if they have one to two years of having a really good offense, is there a chance that Sonny Dykes leaves in one to two years and whoever that offensive coordinator is is in position to be a head coach? They're hiring him as the OC, reportedly. Do you think TCU would hire Kendall Bryles as their head coach if he has one to two really good years as an offensive coordinator? I don't doubt that, but here's, I think, the critical assumption that a lot of folks are making in the aftermath of TCU's 2022 season I'm not sure holds water. Is Sonny Dykes going to be in line for a bigger and better job two, three years down the road? Because even before the national championship game against Georgia, Tyler, as you'll recall, I likened TCU's 2022 season to the Super Bowl run that the Carolina Panthers made back in 2015, which is to say, yeah, you know what? TCU did some really nice things. They won in really impressive fashion in some cases. Uh, They toughed it out in close games. They did everything they needed to do to put themselves in position to take home a title. But at the end of the day, if you replay that season a hundred times over, TCU probably doesn't go 13-1 and and end up on the precipice of a national title again. So is Sonny Dykes, two to three years from now, the highly coveted commodity – in coaching circles that he appears to be today. And just like uh, Vaughn Miller wrecked Cam Newton in that Super Bowl that you're talking about, it looked like Georgia had about two or three Vaughn Millers on uh, their defensive side of the ball when they played TCU uh, a week and a half ago. But no, I I, I would consider this a positive development for OU. And we're going to get the question today like we do every day. Hey, who's going to be OU's first 2024 commitment? We've been saying Michael Hawkins now for a couple of weeks, and I feel even better about that. Unless a surprise were to happen yeah, here and hey, 13 look, days from someone look, else. Junior Day is the 28th. I'm not going to rule out a surprise commitment coming out of Junior Day because it seems like you see it every single year. Uh, you got Eric McCarty committed on this Junior Day a year ago, and briefly and silently, you had Dylan Edwards committed <laughs> at this Junior Day a year ago. So... This is the type of opportunity that Oklahoma is going to have to make a strong early impression on who knows who and maybe secure a guy that could even beat Michael Hawkins the punch, commit and announce on that very weekend. Now, I'm not counting on that, and if you ask me who the first commit is, I'm still saying Michael Hawkins, but I'm very curious to see what kind of strides Oklahoma can make this coming weekend, January 28th. Uh, with some of the elite prospects that are going to be in town in the 24 and 25 class. Kendall Bryles was making $1.25 million at Arkansas last year. Um, he had some uh, flirtation with Mississippi State recently, and it was thought that he got a pay bump off of that you know, $125. He's going to get a nice little payday at uh, TCU, which what is Garrett Riley making? $1.75 at Clemson along with a nice little signing bonus. Kendall Browse might be around one and a half, one and a half million a year, maybe a little bit more than that. That's that's a like it, it's a positive development for OU. I think we think for their twenty twenty four quarterback. I think it's a really good hire for TCU at offensive coordinator after losing Garrett Riley. Certainly, and anytime you can pull a guy from SEC territory and convince him to take what will be 
a job that is a Big 12 job in the long term. TCU isn't going anywhere as far as realignment is concerned. That's a win, and that's the type of luxury that you afford yourself when you end up playing for a national championship out of nowhere. Uh, some aren't happy with Kendall Bryles, by the way, because on like January 5th, he tweeted out, looking forward to another season with K.J. Jefferson, and some are saying he was lying all the time. He never had an intention of staying at Arkansas for another year. He was lying this whole time, saying he was excited for another season with K.J. Jefferson. Yeah, guess what, people? Money talks. <laughs> yeah, money, money does talk. Money does talk, 100%. 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. I see some people asking about A.D. Mitchell, wide receiver out of Georgia in the portal, which I believe uh, Georgia's played in four playoff games the past two years, and I think he's got a touchdown pass at every single one of those games. Is there any OU interest whatsoever in A.D. Mitchell? Uh, there is interest from the OU end, and there's a pre-existing relationship there with Emmett Jones. The question becomes, is there interest on A.D. Mitchell's end, and it's still kind of too early to tell how real that's going to be. I know that Texas feels very good about their chances mm. of bringing A.D. Mitchell. So, does Texas might have a little need, bit of a Red River rivalry brewing. Does Texas need a wide receiver because they foresee another one of their wide receivers? Um, oh boy. Well, I guess he's got to exit uh, before tonight, right? Yeah, well, this look, first portal I, cycle closes today yeah, anyway. I'd, I'd, I know there's been a lot of chatter about Xavier Worthy. I'm not, I'm not sure it amounts to anything in the end. And I do think that if we all put our heads on the pillows tonight and you haven't heard anything to suggest that Xavier Worthy is on the precipice of entering the portal, you can about kiss that one goodbye. And it was, it was, it was far-fetched to begin with. And it was something that people had fun with on the internet for a brief moment in time. But uh, it's tough to foresee that happening at this point as we sit here on Wednesday afternoon. Do the recent offensive line guys? Uh, do the recent offensive line guys entering the portal hurt us much, or were they not uh, future pieces? I don't think any offensive lineman that entered into the portal, including Bray Walker, who uh, entered into the portal today, I don't think any offensive lineman that you lost via the portal. Um, were guys that you really considered, you know, having a legit chance to start next year. I think the guys that you wanted back, um, you, you, you got those guys back. And really, forget offensive line. I think that you can say that about just about every guy that entered into the portal um, from OU this offseason. I know David Ahuebu had – he was second on the team in leading tackles, and I guess ideally, sure, you would want him back because of that production, but I think OU was okay with just about everyone that, that left this, this offseason. Yeah, well, and even Ahuebu, right? Even a guy that, like you said, was second on the team in tackles. If you project ahead to 2023, that guy wasn't going to command the same snap count that he did in 2022 because Jaron Kanick was already nipping at the guy's heels. And – we talked about Aguebu maybe being a guy that was more suited to defensive end. Should he have come back for a fifth year as opposed to staying at linebacker based on the up-and-coming talent that Oklahoma has in that linebacker room among freshmen and sophomores? By the way, Brian and Tulsa asked on the text line, Victor Kearney, are we still in on him? He committed to Ole Miss this morning. Oh, okay. So, uh, that is officially dead in the water, and as we talked about yesterday, when that visit came and went and Walter Rouse committed, it didn't really seem like Oklahoma was in ideal position to land Victor Kearney. And he is officially headed to the SIP as of today. Nice uh, nice day for Ole Miss then. They get Vic Kearney, an offensive lineman, 
and they get Walker Howard, a former uh, top 45 player in the 2022 class. Come to the sip, as Lane Kiffin likes to put on hoodies that he wears around everywhere. Jay lies next, Tyler. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, okay, has that died down? Yes, that okay. was never a real thing. That was that was a thing from like an Ole Miss guy, exactly. right? So yeah. I have not heard. It was an Ole Miss anything. guy speculating as to who Ole Miss might pursue to fill out their defensive staff. Uh, from the five eight zero, Theo East was the biggest net loss in the portal. Um, from a production standpoint, it's David Huebu. If you want to talk about who the best player was that left, uh, okay, you might. I will have, accept that. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I will I'll, accept. I'm, that. I'm fine with that. Um, I'm I'm fine with that. Joe and Tulsa. Xavier Worthy looked like garbage in the bowl game. We have plenty of talent at receiver. Give them a chance before they leave. Michigan Sooner says in all caps, Worthy to OU confirmed by Parker Thune. As first reported <laughs> on the ref. I like what you said yesterday is uh, you just spend a lot of your time having to say, yeah, no, I actually didn't say that. I never said that whatsoever. Oh, man. The internet just turns into one giant game of telephone mm. at a certain point. 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Yeah, like we let off with today, Kendall Bryles reportedly going to uh, accept that TCU offensive coordinator opening, and that's going to be announced tomorrow. So if that clears the way even more for OU to get Michael Hawkins, what are they getting in their 2024 quarterback? We'll tell you all about that coming up next and a whole lot more. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. Locked in with McComas and Thune. Live on the ref, we're the home of Sooner fans. The Ref Army, what up? Tuned in nationwide once again today. Deerfield Beach, Florida is tuned in via the Ref app. Montgomery, Alabama. Shreveport, Louisiana, where I uh, welcomed in, welcomed in uh, Y2K, by the way. What a great place to spend Y2K. Uh, Shreveport, Louisiana. I'm not, I know I'm not the only OU fan that did that. Uh, back on December 31st, 1999. Fort George, Meade, Maryland is tuned in. Moosip, Connecticut. And then your uh, small Oklahoma town of the day, Stonewall, Oklahoma. Is Stonewall. Tuned. Stonewall. Where are we at? Um, Class A high school baseball when I was in school. Uh, from what I remember, a pretty good a, – a, a town with pretty good small um, high school baseball. Small okay. town high Where's school baseball. Where's it at? We're talking out, out east a little bit. Out southeast. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. southeast. Gotcha. Michael oh. Hawkins, uh, currently ranked as a four-star. Looks like 24-7 has them as the 15th-ranked quarterback in this class. But as we saw from Jackson Arnold last year, that can significantly change in a year's uh, time. Yes, right? it can. By the way, uh, before we get back to the Air Comfort Solutions sex line, we got any South Dakota Sooners listening today? Uh, I don't know. Let me pull it up on the uh, – I know you've got – you're supporting South Dakota. Dang right. Jack's up, baby. I'll pull up the map. I am scrolling up, and I see a couple in Nebraska – a few in Iowa, none in South Dakota. Dang it. Sorry. Where are my South Dakota people at? Man, that's a bummer. Show up and show out. I'm repping the Jackrabbits today. The 2022 FCS National Champion, South Dakota State Jackrabbits. Um, <laughs> the day you I choose never... to support them, they're not even listening today. I know. Shame. Un- unreal. This is the I... best recruiting plug they're going to get. Now, I tell you what. I don't know that I've ever seen a texter actively discouraging Oklahoma from recruiting an elite quarterback really? in every class. Whoa. But here we have Kendall on the text line doing just that. Oh, boy. I thought Jackson Arnold was our franchise quarterback for the next three years. Why do we need a 2024 quarterback? He won't play until he's a junior. Kendall, need I remind you what happened on October 8th, 2022? That's why. Yeah, what if Georgia had the same thought? Oh! 
we got Brock Vandegrift. We're good. He's our next quarterback for the next three to four years. We're fine. We don't need to take any more quarterbacks. Brock Vandegrift is going to be the one that leads us to back-to-back national championships. Has he even started a game at Georgia so far I, in his career? I don't know if he's even thrown a pass. He was the number one quarterback in his recruiting class, and Parker doesn't even know if he's thrown a pass at the University of Georgia. If you can go get an elite quarterback in every single class, you take it. Just like you get, you take a, an elite running back in every class, an elite wide receiver, an elite linebacker. Quarterback is no different. If you can get an elite guy every single year, you take it. Every year. And, moreover, I just completely lost my train of thought. Uh-oh. Dang it! This South this Dakota altered, stuff this altered time slot is messing with me. That in the Air Comfort Solutions text line. What was I going to say? Man, I had a really compelling thought about taking a quarterback. Yeah, every about taking year. a quarterback every single year. What was? Oh yeah, going back to Kendall's original comment. Uh, he's not going to play until he's a junior. Okay, is that the worst thing? Do you need to see a guy playing as a freshman and a sophomore? You need to see him starting that early. What uh, at what year did Kyler Murray start his first game at OU? Well, as a full time starter, right? Yeah, he was a redshirt sophomore, right? right? No, redshirt. Junior. It was his third. It was his third year, fourth year, of fourth year football. of college football. Yeah, redshirt yeah. junior. Yep, third year at OU. So it's it's worked out. It's worked out well in the past. Uh, listener in the five eight zero says recruiting a QB every other year is why OU had to bring in Davis Bevel and General <laughs> Booty. Yeah. Yes and amen. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, Michael Hawkins, 6'1", 185. Are we talking about a dual threat at quarterback? Uh, very much a dual threat guy. And Jim in Arlington asked Parker, how fast is Michael Hawkins and which former OU QB is he comparable to? That's a really good question. I don't know if there is I, one. I don't know if there is a true apples-to-apples apples comparison. Um, but I'm sure some of these recruiting service will give us a wild comp like, um, let me think of a, a crazy comp, six foot one. Maybe they'll say like Eric Crouch or something like that. I don't <laughs> think that that's the right comp, but they like to give comps from like 20 years ago. <sighs> let, me, let me noodle on that in the break, and I'll get back to you with a comp on the other side. Because Michael Hawkins, first thing you got to know about the kid is he is blazing fast. I'm talking he ran a 4-4-3 laser as a rising sophomore. In high school. So, kid can fly, and he's got zip on the ball. I was, he's going to say Trevor Knight. Watch. He's going to say Trevor Knight next segment. Oh you boy. guys watch. Um, but Oklahoma offered him in late July, as many will recall. And Oklahoma was probably already going to offer him, but in speaking to someone that had a firsthand look at the workout that Michael Hawkins put on for Oklahoma that led to the offer, they said, the kid didn't miss a throw. The entire time. Did not miss a throw. And OU was blown away. Sugar Shane in Newcastle says, Hands down, you want every room full of elite talent. Elite talent in the same room creates competition, and that creates diamond-studded champions. Very well said, uh, Sugar Shane in Newcastle. From the 405, when are we going to offer Parker Livingston? That kid is talented. Big-bodied, four wide receiver. Uh... I don't know that Parker Livingston's going to end up with an Oklahoma offer. Now, it, I love Parker Livingston. As a player and as a person, he's an awesome dude. He's incredibly gifted. Was one of the top three wide receivers that I watched in person this past year. Is on the verge of getting his fourth star. And even then, is criminally underrated. He's a difference maker, and there's a reason why he's got upwards of 25 FBS offers to his name. But... 
it does not seem like Oklahoma is going to end up pressing super hard for Parker Livingston. Austin said, sorry I'm late today. Did y'all talk about uh, Adonis Mitchell, A.D. Mitchell, uh, being in the portal? I see Texas is high on him. Yes, we did mention A.D. Mitchell, uh, wide receiver out of Georgia in the portal. And, uh, yeah, sounds like Texas um, got a chance. OU, there's some interest there. Maybe it comes down to an OU-Texas battle. But OU still going to pursue a wide receiver. Like, the this portal cycle closes today. Like, you got to be in the portal today. Now, the portal will reopen April 15th uh, through the 30th. And if I ask the question, Parker, what's OU still shopping for? I think you got to start at wide receiver. It really feels like they're still shopping for one more at that spot. Yeah, and that's pretty much it, I would say. If you get another wide receiver, I think you're good. You could take another offensive lineman. Heck, you could take another defensive. You got lineman. your you got your offensive lineman over the weekend. I mean, you you yeah. could take one, but sure. You I mean, you you got who you they, wanted. They this were going to take Vic Kearney if he wanted to come. So you could take another offensive lineman. You could take another defensive tackle. Heck, you, you could take another linebacker if you really wanted to. But I think this program's immediate needs in terms of depth are filled if you get another receiver, an experienced receiver that you know is a plug-and-play option. Let's get to a few more uh, regarding Michael Hawkins, and then we'll move on. Who is Michael Hawkins' family that played at OU? His dad did. His dad, Mike, played at OU for one year, correct? Remind me what his path was, because he played at OU for one year and like left and played arena football, and then later in the NFL— what, what was that timeline? Yeah, it was, it was a very bizarre journey that Mike had. And I th- it was the early 2000s. I think, Teddy yeah, was it was on 2000, 2002. 2002 was the year he really popped off at Oklahoma. I think he was a redshirt freshman. And left the program, went and played arena football because he wasn't yet eligible to go play in the NFL. Played a couple years on the arena circuit. Uh, ended up playing briefly with the Packers, the Cowboys, and maybe the Oakland Raiders, if my memory serves me correctly. Uh, But made the rounds professionally for a few years and retired, I believe, after the 2009 season. And and you never know. Like, a a guy that spends one year on campus, is his kid – like, how's he going to feel about that university? How's his kid going to feel about that university? But it sounds like the Hawkins family, and especially who you're recruiting, Michael Hawkins Jr., big-time OU fan. Big-time OU fan. So, even though he was just here for one year, um, he is considered an OU legacy, and he kind of acts like it with his, with his fandom. And again, I've said it before. I'll say it again. you got to give it up to the OU staff in this situation and with this particular recruitment because Michael Hawkins was not a kid that they should have screwed around on, and they didn't. Once they figured out that DJ Lagway probably wasn't going to be a Sooner, they put the full-court press on Michael Hawkins. They have ever since. And guess what? He's on the verge of committing to Oklahoma at the end of the month. When you get a legacy kid that wants so badly to be a Sooner and that's all he's ever wanted, that's the type of kid that it does you good to just go ahead and lock down. The 918 says, So, does Hawkins have Kyler Murray speed? No, no one has Kyler Murray speed. <laughs> no one has Kyler Murray speed. Now, uh, Michael Hawkins can run, and he can make dudes miss in the open field, and he's elusive. I do not want to hear the Kyler Murray comparisons. When Mike Hawkins was at OU, Mike Stoop said at the time he was the best freshman defensive back he had ever seen. Wow. Well, you got to be pretty good. That was... um. That was a, um, it was a very different way to go about things in 2002. Like now, if we heard about a kid spend one year in college football, 
go play semi-pro somewhere, essentially, and make his way to the NFL, it would be, okay, well, that's kind of a crazy story, but it's not the craziest thing I've ever heard of in today's college football. Uh, back in 2002, like that, you, you never saw something like that, ever yeah. saw. So you had to be a really good player in 2002 uh, to be able to go about it that route. From the 580, is Hawkins faster than Jalen Hurts? Yes. Yes, he is. Maybe uh, Parker will make a graph of where Michael Hawkins, uh, <laughs> where, where he stacks up with OU quarterbacks in the 40s. When we past. hit the break, I'm going to come up with a comp and get back to you all. I hey, will have one when we come back. By the way, uh, we talked about on threes, newest set of rankings. Is 24-7 going to release a new set of rankings? Yes, they will. Okay. Uh, within the next two weeks. Within the next two weeks. Six. And is PJ going to be in the conversation of best mm-hmm. overall defensive player? I, I asked. Yeah, he's no, he's going to get his fifth star. He will, and I I'd be surprised if he's not top twenty. Well, I just just an observation from me today because those new on three rankings had PJ as the second best defensive player, right? Uh-huh. Okay, and then I look at all this stuff on you know ESPN various websites about hey who are who are some of these portal guys that are going to be the best immediate fit, and I see a lot about McCullough. So I guess I'm just wondering. Did OU get the best, one of the best defensive players in recruiting? And did they do the same thing in the transfer portal? Because I think that you can make an argument that, yeah, potentially they got one of the top three defensive players, one of the top five defensive players in both. Deshaun McCullough highly regarded, as is P.J. Atabari, obviously. Well, here's, here's what you have to consider. Keon Keeley, the only guy that was ranked higher than P.J. Atabari, in the on-through rankings that came out yesterday, and probably the only edge that will be ranked higher than P.J. across the board in the composite by the end of it. Uh, He's not really a true edge. He's a guy that's big enough that he's going to be more of a hand-in-the-dirt defensive end when he gets to Alabama. So I think you can certainly make the argument that within the last month, Oklahoma has, well, not signed, but gotten the best defensive player available in the transfer portal, They've signed the best true edge rusher in America, and they've signed the best defensive back in America yeah. in Peyton Bowen. It's crazy, man. After, uh, what, a six, six and seven? Is that what they were this year, Parker? That six is, and seven yeah, that's, this year? That's, that's what they were. <laughs> 405-651-3439 is the Air Coverage Solutions text line. You guys are all over the text line today. We'll get to that and a whole lot more coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune. Live on the ref, we're the Homo Sooner fans. D in Choctaw says, real question is, is Michael Hawkins faster than Landry Jones? <laughs> uh, good one. I laughed. Okay, I got my comp. Are people ready for this? Um, this is a bit of know. a blast from the past, but I think it's appropriate. I think Michael Hawkins is in the same vein as Braxton Miller. Wow, Braxton Miller at Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Did he eventually? Did he move to tight end at the end of his career at Ohio State? I think he moved a wide receiver. Or wide receiver. But yeah, I so think Michael Hawkins will be catching passes from Jackson Arnold. You heard it here first from Parker. <laughs> no, I think like here's the thing. I think right now the comparison I would make is Braxton Miller. I think three, four years down the road, the comparison we could be making is Robert Griffin the third. Because right now, Hawkins is a supremely gifted athlete, especially when it comes to running the football. The athleticism is off the charts. Uh, He's special in that regard. 
and as a thrower, he's got a ton of arm talent and a, a, a real ability to throw on the run, place the ball, throw guys open that helps him stand out as a top 10 quarterback prospect in this class. But you only see it in flashes. You see it in spurts. And so what I want to see from Michael Hawkins, uh, his senior year at Frisco Emerson, and probably in the couple years that he'll presumably have the opportunity to develop under Jackson Arnold, should he choose Oklahoma on January 31st, I think if he can develop more mechanical consistency and just overall consistency as a passer, being able to place those balls with regularity, his offensive line at Allen has not given him a whole lot of help in that regard the last couple of years. But I think once he develops a consistent release point, uh, once he works out some of the kinks that uh, every high school quarterback deals with, uh, but that I think are especially apparent at times with him, then we could be talking about a guy that could have himself in the Heisman conversation by the end of his collegiate career. I like this one. Does Kyla Murray even have Kyla Murray speed anymore? He looks thick now. Well, he's got a torn ACL, so <laughs> ask not. me in eight months. Uh, some national news here. Uh, Lad McConkey will be coming back to Georgia next year. As opposed to what? Um, playing in the XFL, potentially. <laughs> I, I mean, listen. Let, no, I, like, I'm a big Lad McConkey guy. Mad props to Lad McConkey. What he's done at Georgia over the course of his career there has been impressive. But Lad McConkey is not a three years and done type of collegiate prospect. Walker Howard to Ole Miss, former five-star from LSU, top 45 player in the 2022 class. And, and these are not necessarily college football related. I, I would just like to take you and everyone else back. Uh, to the early 2000s in college football, which is my favorite era of the sport. Isn't it everybody's? Um, the Bucks have fired offensive coordinator Byron Lefwich. If you watched college football in the early 2000s, you remember Byron Lefwich at, uh, at uh, Marshall. And the first play that comes to mind is probably the bomb that he throws down the field and then the offensive linemen carry him all the way down the field to the line of scrimmage the other blast from the past Ken Dorsey will be interviewing for the um, uh, Carolina Panthers head coaching job Ken Dorsey as in former Miami quarterback, former Miami Ken quarterback Ken Dorsey who's Man, now the we're Bills old OC. Tyler I know well I'm old I just turned 33 you're still like in your early 20s that's I'm the true. one that's I, old I, here. I feel old. I'm starting to feel old for the first time. Uh, looks like it was a pro day at OU today. Saw Gentry Williams in some photos. Saw Peyton Bowen in some photos out there. Uh, OU put some of those out there on their OU football Twitter page. So they're out there with Schmitty. And it looks like it was like some sort of a pro day, just getting times and numbers maybe before they get Yeah, just like up. winter testing but yeah. is basically what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Spencer Sanders is still available. I don't know what's going on. I, I saw a list from 24-7 that I found interesting. He is the number four player that's still currently available, but they had Spencer Sanders, who's a former uh, first-team All-Big 12 quarterback. They have him ranked, or had him ranked, as the number 156 overall portal player. That's not very high. Wow. Yes. I would have guessed he would be substantially higher than I, I would have guessed, too. Now, now, people immediately say... Well, he sucks. Look how many interceptions he had. And he, turnovers were definitely an issue for him in Oklahoma State. I'm not saying that I think that he should be top 10, but I thought that he'd be higher than number 156, especially at quarterback, which is the position everyone wants to talk about the most in the Yeah, and I think that was a fair expectation. I, 
I don't know if there are 155 available portal players that have done more in their collegiate career than Spencer Sanders. If we're talking about accomplishments, if we're talking about tape, if we're talking about statistics and production, uh, he's certainly got the short end of the stick in that regard. What was his? In- what did his interest look like? Because there seems to be some uh, recent buzz for Ole Miss. We heard Auburn, um, Alabama. Ole we talked Miss. To- yeah, I that would like make no the sense. Same, the same Ole Miss where Jackson Dart is currently. Yes, the and, same Ole Miss that and, just got Walker Howard. And just Man, Lane Kiffin's Walker just Howard. trying to load him up. I guess. We'll just do like Wisconsin and just take every single quarterback that's available. I guess. I just wonder what his interest, um, what kind of interest he had via the portal. Just strange to me that he's still um, uncommitted at this point. Well, and we know some of the schools that have expressed interest and that have tried to get Spencer Sanders uh, in their program and have gotten him on campus for visits. I, I think you almost have to consider Auburn the favorite right now. But again, man, I, I wonder if he's waiting on Alabama. I get the sense that Alabama's going to try for a portal quarterback. And we'd heard that buzz a month to a month and a half ago regarding Bama and Drake May. right? But then Drake May announced he's staying at North Carolina. And ever since then, it's kind of been all quiet on the Western front as far as Bama and a portal QB. So I, I just got a weird feeling about that one, man. I, it's not going to shock me if – in a few days or a couple weeks or however long it takes for Spencer Sanders to make his decision, all of a sudden it's Alabama right in the thick of it. Yeah, and maybe it is. There's just more variables, I think, uh, at Alabama than there are Auburn. I I think that if he were to commit to Auburn, he'd be the favorite to win the starting quarterback job. If he commits to Alabama, I don't know if that's necessarily the case. Milrow's there, and then who, Ty Simpson? Is he'll, he'll play over Milrow, and he'll play over Yeah, Ty I mean, Simpson. maybe. I just there, There's a lot more competition to be the starter at Alabama. And, of course, yes, you'd rather be the starter at Alabama next year than you would Auburn. It just um, is it as much of a slam-dunk guarantee in Tuscaloosa as it is Auburn. Probably not. But, yeah, I, this, this situation has been uh, one of the more interesting to follow via this whole portal cycle. Uh, from the text line, I was a student at Ohio State when Braxton Miller was there. OU fans w- should be thrilled with that comparison. He won a ton of games and had a shiftiness I can only compare to Lamar Jackson. He transitioned to receiver when he got drafted by the Texans. So Braxton Miller, oh boy, and here we have the complete opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah, Parker, Braxton Miller comp does not inspire confidence. What did Braxton Miller do? Am I forgetting about a stellar career from Braxton Miller? Yeah, you are. Hey, if you're telling me right now that this kid is Braxton Miller, uh, just as an athlete, like let's let's go. I, I'll, I'll I'll go ahead and take that one, please. Braxton Miller won a lot of games at Ohio State. Apparently, people have forgotten that. But he was, to my recollection, a three-year starter there from eleven to thirteen, and in fourteen he got hurt preseason. And it was the JT Barrett show. Sure. Then JT Barrett got hurt, and it was Cardell Jones. Twelve gauge took him to the national championship. Yeah, exactly. So, not uh, go flip on Braxton Miller's highlights on YouTube if you want an idea of the type of QB that Michael Hawkins is. Uh, been busy just tuning in. So sorry if y'all touched on this, but I know the portal closes today slash tomorrow. But when is the last day you can actually transfer into a new school if you're already in the portal? I. I'm not convinced there is a deadline. When did Caleb Williams commit to USC last year? It was like February 8th. Well, we heard Wisconsin, the fake Wisconsin buzz for a week or two or whatever it was. I, I don't remember the exact date that Caleb Williams showed up at, or committed to USC. It was February. I remember that. I can't remember which day in February, but it was February before Caleb Williams made a decision. So, 
I'm not convinced there is a deadline, especially in today's day and age when schools and their departments and their officers, counselors, everybody involved that pushes the paper and makes the wheels go around, they can finagle things a million different ways to get a kid eligible slash enrolled slash whatever they need in order to make sure he's with the program on time. All right, uh, 405-651-3439 is the Air Coverage Solutions text line. Coming up next, there's a 2024 running back in San Antonio. I don't know. Like We'll talk about it next. It kind of feels like we're set up for an old-fashioned OU Texas recruiting battle for this one. We'll talk about that and a whole lot more coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref. Final segment, kinda, of Locked In with McComas and Thune. I say kinda because no Travis today. You know Teddy's off on Wednesdays. So Parker's going to be joining me uh, from 3 to 6 today. Four consecutive hours. So when Parker and I are on air together, we mainly talk about recruiting. We'll continue to do that from uh, 3 to 6. Not exclusively. Like You can text in your recruiting questions. We'll be talking college football and, of course, this Bedlam Hoops game tonight. Uh, this text from the 405 says, Braxton Miller was no Craig Kinzel. Holy Buckeye, Craig Krenzel, 2002 I, I, national champ. Here's the thing, Tyler. Like, I understand that people want to have their ears tickled by hype more so than anything else, but I – why, why are some people so upset with the Braxton Miller comparison? Like, I, I compare Oklahoma's potential quarterback of the future to a guy that started 47 games, threw for over 5,000 yards, had a 52-17 to 17 touchdown-interception ratio, rushed for 3,000 more yards and 33 touchdowns, and people are like, well, he wasn't any good. Well, hey, uh, the quarterback that I'm excited about, and so is everyone else, he has current comps to Taylor Heineke and Rex Grossman. <laughs> and I'm still excited about Jackson Arnold. Very much excited about Jackson Arnold. Did OU look for a kicker in the portal, asked Cam. OU's kicking was very shaky. They got a punter via the portal. I'm going to guess if they were looking for a portal, they would have found yeah, one. Or a kicker via the portal, they, they would have found one. They brought in a kicker via the junior college circuit in Ready Mustafaraj, And then you already have Zach Schmidt on campus. And you already have Gavin Marshall on campus. There's going to be a competition, as there should be, in the aftermath of a season like the one Zach Schmidt had where he missed, I believe, six or seven kicks uh, out of not much more than 20 attempts. So, yeah, Schmidt was inconsistent. I think what you're encouraged by, if if there is something to be encouraged by amidst a kicker's struggles, is that he wasn't mishitting the ball the way that Gabe Burkich was for a while. It's not something that... You, know, you watch him shank a field goal, and it's an egregiously poor attempt. You're like, wow. It didn't look like Brett right. Maher no, is what you're saying. He was, he was doinking balls off the uprights or missing them a foot wide. So they're just little corrections that Zach Schmidt needs to make. I'm not writing Zach Schmidt's epitaph. but I like him on fake token, field goals, by the way. Yeah. He's great in fake field goals. By the same token, I'm by no means handing that job to Zach Schmidt again come 2023. Uh, quick 2024 recruiting note, the number six running back, James Peoples. Sounds like he's got a Texas and an OU visit coming soon. Uh, 5'10", 192 out of San Antonio. He's got a Bama offer, a Miami offer, Ohio State offer, an Oregon offer, a USC offer. This guy is highly coveted, and I'm just wondering if this is going to be an old-fashioned uh, OU-Texas recruiting battle for I, this one. I will be interested to see 
how the running back position shakes out in 2024 for OU. Because to me, Tyler, with the current depth that you have at that position, this is a one-take class. Could be. I think you get one guy and call it good if you're DeMarco Murray. I think that's all you need. Four guys in your past two recruiting classes, and two of those guys might be one and two for you at running back this year. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, two, they, and, and they had to take two running backs the past two years, especially two cycles ago. I think you're right, man. With the depth that they've kind of built up, this is a one, like, who who do you like best? That's who we're taking at running back. Yeah, and I think the guys that are high on the wish list for DeMarco Murray right now in the 2024 class are Taylor Tatum out of Longview and Caden Durham out of Duncanville. Now, that said, we saw last year how quickly – the board at running back evolved over the course of the year because in January we were talking about, shoot, Dylan Edwards and I, who else was at that point? We didn't even know the names. Caleb we talked Dixon, a Dylan lot Smothers. about Dylan Edwards during the summer. Yeah. A lot about Dylan Edwards, man. But we didn't even know the names Caleb Hicks and Dalen Smothers until April or May. Until that point, it was Dylan Edwards. It was Richard Young. There were, there were others. I'm drawing a blank. Too many names to remember, but – is there any update on the Levy to Bama rumor, says the 405? No, which tells you everything. I, no. I, I, no news is good news. Jeff Levy staying at OU. He'll be at OU next year. Now, did Alabama try to pursue that? <laughs> I I know it might surprise some of you, but I, I do think that Nick Saban probably called. Sure, yeah, I think that there's definitely some validity to those rumors. But do I think Jeff Levy is staying at OU? Yeah, I think he'll be the offensive coordinator at OU next year. And I'm going to guess that Alabama wasn't the only program that reached out. All right, uh, you got Parker and myself for the next three hours. Buckle in. Bedlam hoops, college football, more recruiting and transfer portal as well. Keep it locked on the ref.